Heavenly Father, we thank you that you speak to us still today through your word, the Bible. And we thank you for Gareth. We pray that you would help him now as he speaks to us. But please would you help us all to listen really well to your word and to you and what it is that you're saying to us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, he's behind me. Over to Gareth. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, it's lovely to see you all and be among some old friends as well as uh, folk who I don't recognise. Um, it'd be nice to sort of uh, say hello on the door on the way out. And great to see you if you're watching online as well. Um, have you ever waited for something for so long that you thought it was never going to happen? Um, Maybe, I'm just going the wrong way there, I was going back to Mighty Saviour, there you go. Um, Maybe you've got one of those parents who likes to talk a lot after church when you're really hungry and ready for your dinner. Um, uh, You know, they wander out and sort of shake Chrissy's hand and go, thank you, Vicar, that was lovely. You know, the second point was so interesting. Would you explain it to me again? And then after a quarter of an hour, uh, they wander out into the courtyard and, oh, hello, Mabel, nice to see you. How's Uncle Fred's gout and the cat's furballs? And then even on the way home, home they're chatting to strangers oh hello what's your name and you live in Utebridge um, well your tummy is rumbling like nobody's business uh, I know at least two girls here today who feel like that um, or maybe you could think of my friend who is desperate for her boyfriend to ask her to marry him feels like it's never going to come um, or what about lockdown as we've had it You know, we've all been wearing masks and socially distancing and having restrictions in life. And and it just sometimes feels like it's never going to end. We're just waiting for it to end. We all know what it feels like to wait for something and feel like it's never going to happen. And if you know that feeling, you'll know exactly how God's people felt when we get to Exodus chapter 3. God's people in the Old Testament are in exactly the same spot. They have been waiting for three, <laughs> three, 400 years, 400 years since God has spoken. The last person he's spoken to was Joseph. You know, the chap with a colourful coat, maybe you can remember him. Uh, 400 years, that's 146,000 days. It's 3.5 million hours or 210 million minutes. It's a long time, 400 years. Uh, And now, to make it worse, uh, as you've been hearing, the Israelites, God's people, are slaves in Egypt. They're sad. You might even say they're desperate. And they're waiting for God to keep the promises that he gave to Abraham. Now, apparently, you lot know the promises that God gave to Abraham, or you should know. Um, So if I ask you what those promises were, I wonder if somebody... Or you might all try and shout it out. Um, Oh, William thinks he knows them all. Go on then, William. Yeah, God promises that they will be his people in his place under his blessing. Or that's what he had promised. And at the end of chapter 2 of Exodus, just before the bit we're going to have a look at today, you can find two really sad things about God's people. In verse 23, it says they complained about being slaves. And then in the same verse, it says they cried out for help. But in the very next verse, you find God doing two pretty cool things. First of all, he hears their cries and he tells us that he hasn't 
forgotten his promises. I wonder what he's going to do next. As we have today's reading, which Kate's going to come and read to us now, here's a question that you can have in your mind as you listen to it. Who shows up and how does, God, how does Moses know who it is? Who shows up and how does Moses know who it is? Thank you, Kate. It's taken from Exodus chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of a fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was not, did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the land of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Thank you very much, Kate. Um, I love it when something happens to let you know that something really special is going to happen. Um, for instance, if you hear this piece of music, I wonder if anybody can tell me what's going to happen next. Gabriella, you had your hand up. What do you think? Yeah, a good film is going to happen next. Uh, yeah, this is the Columbia Fanfare. So you know that something amazing is going to happen. Phil, I love my films. Something special is going to happen. Uh, what about if somebody gives you one of these, one of these, one of these, and one of these? What do you think is going to happen next? Food, food, glorious food. The organist is always the one who sings their answers, aren't they? Um, uh, yeah, you know you're going to get a really good meal. Hopefully a really good meal. Something special is about to happen. What about when your mum or dad goes into the attic and gets this, the advent calendar, out of the attic? What do you know is going to happen soon? Yes. 
Christmas. Thank you, Lucia. It's Christmas. Christmas is on the way. Something special is about to happen. And for a people who are lost and desperate, Exodus 3 reminds them that something special is starting to happen. And it's special because of who shows up. Um, Can anybody who is listening to the reading tell me who shows up in this reading? This isn't a difficult one. Yes, at the back there. God. God shows up. Ta-da! In fact, I'm going to need a bit of a hand as we remember our points today, um, uh, reminding yourselves of these things. Um, So when you hear me do a little countdown, three, two, one, with a pause after it, you can go, God shows up. Ta-da! All right, are you ready? Uh, And so what happened? Three, two, one. God shows up. Ta-da! Great, that's not bad for a first try. Uh, Hopefully you'll get the hang of it even better as we go along. Um, Now, um, if you remember, Moses isn't with God's people at the moment. He had been in Egypt and he had been really upset about all the things that were going on there and the people being slaves. But he'd done something daft and he got scared and he'd run away. And he was now living in a place called Midian where he would got married and he'd settled down to a normal life. In fact, normal life was what was going on uh, on the day when the things that happened happened. In verse one, we're told he wasn't thinking of meeting anybody special or doing anything special. He's just getting on with shepherding the job that he had when all of a sudden he spots something. (gasps) What's that? Oh my word. It's a bush and it's sort of on fire, but it's not burning up. Do you know what? I'm going to go and take a look. And so he wanders across to where this very strange sight is. And when he gets there, do you know what happens? Three, two, one. God shows up. Ta-da! Moses, Moses, he says in verse 4. It's like a double knock. Just to make sure he's got Moses' attention. And uh, he says what must have sounded like the most wonderful things to one of God's people. Uh, Just take a look if you've got your Bibles open. Verse 6, it says, I have seen, I have heard... I am concerned. And then he goes on in verse 7. He says, I've come down and I've not forgotten. Brilliant things. You know, I wonder, if you're uh, sort of little, do you ever get up, go to school, play with your friends, do some classes, have tea, watch telly, go to bed, and spend the whole day forgetting about God altogether. I bet that does happen. It sometimes happens to me. Or if you're a little bit older, maybe you wake up, check your social media, stomp down to breakfast, fill the rucksack with all your textbooks, meet your friends, walk to school, check your social media as you go, have some lessons, get into lunch, check your social media again, uh, and then uh, do some more lessons, come home, do some revision, go to bed, check your social media just before you go to sleep. And think that God isn't watching or bothered, or part of your life. Or if you're older still, do you ever think, work, it's hard. Kids, they're trouble. Sleep, it's difficult. Jobs, just too big. Health, failing. Washing up, never ending, etc., etc. You basically plod through your week, doing the things you have to do, but it just feels like God's not there. Or if he is, He's not doing very much. 
Whether you're like Moses and just getting on with normal life, maybe forgetting about God a little bit, or like an Israelite who's finding it tough and crying out to God for help, this moment in Exodus 3 is a bit of a wake-up call. Listen. There's a flaming bush, a voice, a kind word to Moses that should remind us that God is still there. And he does show up and he never, ever, ever stops loving us. God really, really, really wants to know his people. He wants to know you. And that's never going to change. Because three, two, one, God shows up. Ta-da! But there's something else. Um, Does anyone recognize this lot? Hands up if you can tell me who that is. Chris said nobody would know. Yes. It's the Thunderbirds. It is. It's the Thunderbirds. Uh, This is the new Thunderbirds. Uh, Maybe some of you will remember them like this, and that would have been a little bit easier for you. Um, uh, I want you to imagine that you're in the Thunderbirds mission control, and Virgil and Brains are having a cup of tea, uh, and a call comes in. Help! There's a fire! Please, come quickly, help! It's it's horrible when you shout down a microphone for the chap at the back on the uh, sound desk. Um, Uh, What would you expect to happen at International Rescue HQ if you got a call like that? Well, the clue's in the title, International Rescue. International Rescue. At Thunderbirds, if there's a cry for help, it leads to a rescue plan. And that's exactly what's happening here in Exodus 3. Chapter 2 is the distress call. Help! And then chapter 3, verses 8, 9, and 10 our God's rescue plan. Let me just read a bit to you from verses eight and nine. I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them out, uh, up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The cry of the Israelites has reached me. And what's the plan? Verse 10, God says to Moses, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God's rescue plan is a rescue man. This time it's Moses. I think it was probably a bit of a shock for Moses that he was going to be the rescue man. Um, But it's just what happens because three, two, one, God shows up, ta-da, with a rescue man. And this is a pattern that happens over and over and over again in the Old Testament. Um, And each time it does, God showing up with a rescue man, it points towards uh, the real thing. It's a bit of a rehearsal. It's like a signpost or a promise or a practice. Whenever God shows up with a rescue man, it reminds God's people that one day he's going to show up with the rescue man. The rescue man to beat all other rescue men. And let me tell you something. It's already happened. He's done it already. 2,021 years ago, God showed up in a stable in Bethlehem. And get this. You know, if you don't remember anything else, remember this today. God showed up and he is the rescue man. So let's do our two signs again. Um, You're going to have to help me now and add the extra little bit in. God shows up, ta-da, and he is the rescue man, okay? So what happened in Bethlehem 2,021 years ago? God showed up, ta-da, and he is 
the rescue man. It's a bit of a shock, isn't it? God is the rescue man. But an even bigger shock for you and for me is that God's even bothering with us. If you look back in chapter 3 of Exodus and verses 2 to 6, it tells us a lot about what God is like. Let me just show you a few things. Um, And as we sort of look at these things, it should make us even more grateful that God turns up as the rescue man. First of all, we see that there is a burning bush that's not burning. You know, God's a supernatural God. He's out of this world. Uh, Next thing, Moses is told to take his shoes off because uh, where God is, he's holy ground. He's set apart. He's totally good and perfect in every single way. Uh, For those of you who want to do a bit of deep thinking, uh, notice that uh, God's uh, sort of, the the words that come are, first of all, the words from the angel of the Lord. And then a couple of sentences down, it's God who's speaking, angel of the Lord and God. Is that something about, you know, God's trinity maybe have a big think about that if you want um and then this same god uh, the one who's speaking to moses is the god of abraham isaac and jacob of 600 years ago he goes on forever he's eternal this god he really does last no wonder that moses gets the collie wobbles in verse five this god is really scary he's awesome compared to nasty rebels like us if we met him If we met God, we'd probably hide our faces just like Moses did and fall on our knees and be really scared too. He's brilliant. We're rubbish. He's perfect and we're not. He's all good and we're all bad, which makes God showing up as the rescue man for me and you even more special and unexpected and undeserved, doesn't it? I wonder if that's how we should go away thinking and feeling today as we uh, leave the church. Wow. 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 I just can't believe that God would do that for me. It's amazing. And here's just one more thought. Uh, Moses was the model of God showing up as the rescue plan. And then three, two, one, God showed up. Ta-da! As the rescue man, uh, Jesus turns up and he is the rescue man. Um, so we've had Moses and then we've had Jesus. But here's the thing. If those two things definitely happened and they were always promised, then we can have confidence that one day the plan is going to come together. It's going to be definite. It's certain. It's 100%. It will come together. When you know that God loves you that much, that he showed up as the rescue man to die in your place, Uh, that even when you are desperate and undeserving, he's done that, and that he's definitely going to come back and the plan's going to come together. Well, doesn't it change that world in which we live, the one where we're waiting for stuff all the time, it feels like? This world where it's just hard work, and it just seems never-ending, where people we know and love leave or die. This world where other kids in the playground might be nasty to you and bully you where revision is piling higher and higher and the pressure is on. This world where social media leaves you anxious and feeling inadequate, where home might be hard work uh, and full of crosswords sometimes. This world where a virus scares us and shuts everything down, where hips ache and bones break and people take, where cools in and fools grin and we sin. This world, it's not the final destination, We are living and waiting for something that's far better when we will be definitely 100% God's people in God's place under God's 
blessing. We're not there yet, but we are citizens of heaven. We are God's rescued people. It's just that we're living away from home for a little bit. So if you're a little person here today, then remember God as you get up in the morning, as you're in your lessons at playtime, as you have tea, as you go to bed. Maybe one way of doing that might be just to say a little prayer and thank God for your day or talk to him when something's a little bit difficult. And if you're slightly older, well, as a teenager, be proud of being a Christian Know that you are loved by God more than anything else. And then, you know, worrying about what other people think about you won't matter so much. And stick up for your, where is he? Your rescue man. Stick up for Jesus. Because who knows, as you stick up for somebody who died for you, one of your mates might even take them on as his rescue man as well, or hers. And for those who are a little bit older still, you know, when you're deep into the pain of life and there's heartache and it feels like a long marathon of stuff. Remember uh, that God did send and it will end and you have a friend. Take heart and make a start. Just pick that one little thing that God, you know God wants you to change and do different and do your part. So why do we do those things? Well, because, let's get this right, Three, two, one. God showed up. Ta-da! As the rescue man. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thanks so much for showing up as Jesus. Thanks for answering our distress signal. Thanks for your sure and certain rescue. Please help us to trust your plan will come together. Please help us all to wait well. Amen.